Hey y'all, it's Queen J back with another episode. We're on episode 13 and this topic is going to be all about balancing your identities with your unhealed self versus who you are currently, wherever you are at in your stage of healing. And, you know, before we get into our topics and before we introduce the guest star that I have for you guys joining us today, we are going to do a little bit of mindfulness, you know, just to center our minds and be ready to learn about navigating healing in this lifetime. Pause, breathe, relax. It is now time to open our mind to be open to navigating new ways about healing within this lifetime. It is now time to set our minds at ease and be receptive to all new things. All right, y'all, I hope that brought y'all some stillness, that hope that set your minds at ease, because like I said, it always sets mine at ease. Without further ado, I want to introduce someone really, really special to me, my bestie, Antoine. What's up? How have you been? I've been fantastic. That is awesome. So I know we said we're going to talk about balance. So I want to ask you one thing to just kick this off. How would you say that you feel balanced right now? Or do you feel like you're in a space of balance right now in your life? Definitely in a space of balance. Okay. Um, I kind of see my balancing as a as like a scale almost. Ooh. I kind of I kind of someday you know some days are good, some days are bad, but the good tends to always outweigh the bad because coming into balancing myself, I'm just kind of realizing that you know bad stuff does not last forever it does not last all the time and i i really can have more good days if i really allow myself to 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 have them if i really allow myself to put myself in a mindset to be able to have those good days and that's not me saying mm-hmm. you know oh everybody got to be able to you know just think <laughs> about having a good day and boom yeah. you have a good day it's not that it's simple. not that simple and i know that it's not that mm-hmm. simple that is actually really powerful because as someone who's been thinking about the way that I balance my life now, I tend to think about the negative before I think about the positive. Like this entire week, I have been having a battle with my own anxieties over moving, over like just my life in general. And my mom straight up told me yesterday, she's like, you are panicking for no reason. You are overthinking for no reason. Everything is fine, girl. And I'm like, oh, I guess, I guess, like, oh, I guess, I guess you're right. And I realized that within my balance, I've come to the realization that a lot of my anxiety comes out as irritability. So like, and it's not towards, it's not necessarily towards the other person or a situation. It's more so towards myself. Like, how did I get in this situation? Why am I this anxiety? Why I got this anxiety and my mind is running a mile a minute. Yeah. And I can't that's when I have to really like breathe. That's when I realize like, oh, my shoulders are up here. And in order for me to get my balance, I have to breathe and I have to really say, that's not really what this is. That's what your brain is telling you. Mm-hmm. And that's not the reality. Right. So that's a good, that's a good way to think of it, especially like shifting that focus mm-hmm. and saying like, okay, this bad moment, this is bad. We val- we're going to validate that. And this is actually happening. But we don't have to hold on to it, that type of thing. Like, yeah. But that can be a little hard to release, I think, sometimes. I agree. I agree. Because, yeah. I mean, it, 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 like I said, it's easy to hold on to bad stuff. It is. And I don't know why, that, why it's so easy for us. To, maybe because, I don't know. Every time I think about it, I always think about there was a point in my healing where I was always waiting for the other shoe to drop. I was always, like, I was so reluctant to letting good things happen to me Mm -hmm. that I was like, nah, that ain't good. That's actually not good. And I'm just going like, even though it actually was good. Yeah. I think we get so conditioned in, especially if we've experienced a lot of trauma. Yes. We get conditioned to think, oh, you bad. I'm not even going to give you a chance type of thing. And then that's where we don't have that equilibrium anymore. 
right and if i piggyback off of that Mm -hmm. bringing back up if we feel like we've been through a lot of trauma yeah sometimes our brains will convince us that we do not deserve to have good things happen to us let's talk about it let's get uncomfortable (laughs) y'all the the thing that kind of helped me Mm -hmm. realize in my healing journey that my brain having always told me you don't deserve this good thing happening to you. The thing that really kind of clicked for me I, was when I watched an episode of Abbott Elementary a couple weeks ago. Okay. And the character, Tyler James Williams, I think he plays the teacher Greg on the show. Yeah, 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 okay. he do. I watch it. <laughs> there was an episode where I think they brought like chicken eggs or hen eggs. In. Yes, that's literally, that's the same episode that I just watched. Yeah. And I was thinking about that. And he said that the fact is some people get chickens and some people get snakes. And when you continue to get snakes, yes, that's what you feel like you that's deserve. That's what you feel like you deserve. And I remember when I heard that for the first time, I had to pause the episode because I was like, I did too. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. It, light bulb moment it like it just it was clicking like more stuff started clicking yeah and i was like wait have i really been telling myself for so many years within my but, childhood like i don't deserve good stuff just because good stuff i mean just because i watched other people get good stuff and i never really got the yeah. same amount of good stuff yeah like, what was it you know and i realized that in my own too when i was thinking about it from the perspective of there was a time when i first started healing when I first started going to therapy, when I first started doing all this, I was like, no, this is not it. But it was my lifeline at that point. At that point, I didn't I didn't have any other option. Right. And I had told my stepmother, like, okay, look, I'm done. Like, I, at this point, you know, and she was like, she was trying to get me to see that that was when I needed, when you needed to seek help. If you feel like you're at that level of like, okay, I'm done. Like, I just give up. Right. You have to seek help because Mm -hmm. you can't do it yourself at that point exactly and i was so confused at that point because i was like 19 at the time and i was like what are you talking about she was like if you want to harm yourself in any way at that point you're no longer a safe option for you so Mm. somebody else got to step in and you got to allow yourself to get that better life if that's what you're you know what i mean if that's what you're going after Mm -hmm. you got to allow yourself Cause at this point you didn't already told me you done yeah so how are you supposed to get to the other side if you've done right how, how can you become your yeah. own safety again how can you become your own safety again and i was like okay fine because i was like look i am gonna go to school go back to school and find these resources she was like no you ain't waiting till you go back you're doing it now yeah. <laughs> so i did it and when i got back on campus i had my first session and I just remember like spewing all of this negative energy and just like talking about all the things that I had experienced and all the things that was going on with me at the time. And I remember thinking like, damn, this is all I've known. Yeah. And the thing is, if that's all you know, then you don't know anything different. Mm-hmm. So when something good comes along and it's actually healthy and it's beneficial, it seems scary because it's like, I don't I don't know what this road is gonna lead to. Yeah, like I, I can expect the worst because I've dealt with worse. Right. But when it comes to healthy, it's like what what is this? This is unknown territory, you know? Mm-hmm. But like you said, if you feel that that's all you deserve, that's all you're gonna keep getting. Mm-hmm. Because it's all about shifting that mindset. That mm-hmm. perspective, I swear that's when I really started to heal when I shifted my mindset to oh no nope i don't need to be dealing with the trauma today i girl me too i don't need to carry it i don't need to i don't need to hold it in oh my gosh i know i probably talked about this on one of my episodes but i used to give warning labels to people i don't know if you did that i probably did it subconsciously not even realizing that that's what i was doing like whenever someone new came in my life i'd be like don't fuck with me you don't want to fuck with me i'll mentally fuck you up i'm fucked up mentally or some type of like some type of cry for help but you don't realize you're doing it i definitely didn't have balance didn't have balance i definitely used to that i did it more in my in my in my early to mid teens Mm. it was kind of my way of making sure 
that people kind of stayed uh, like one step ahead of themselves when it came to me like I know gonna, like I know your tricks right like <laughs> like I'm I might do or say some shit that's gonna make you go what is he on mm-hmm. so like that's why I was like that's yeah. why I had those same warning labels I would do that too yeah but I think I got so accustomed with viewing myself from a different light of being unbalanced and and being so like oblivious as my family as my not good family was saying and mm-hmm. like all of those things you internalize that you may not even like actually try to internalize it but if you're told that and you're conditioned in that way at such a very very young age yeah it's bound to happen it's mm-hmm. going to come out in different ways right and that's something that like where i say that we have to balance our unhealed self with who we are now right because that unhealed self is still a part of us it's not like it's not like the unhealed version of us just goes away once we begin to heal and grow mm-hmm. we have to shed it yes right but it's still a part of our story it doesn't have to become the main focus of our identity so right to speak. Right. Yeah. right yeah it is not it is not the climax of who we are exactly it is not and but it is all it, like you said it is very important to maintain the relationship between healed and unhealed because yes unhealed is what leads to healed yes I mean, wounds don't stay wounds forever i mean they that's do close and become scars but yes. how you dress those scars that is up to you that is true you want to talk a little bit more about that because mm. i like the way you said that <laughs> no i like the way you said that that was a good that was a good little i like that i want to know more that was interesting yeah <laughs> i mean it, it just kind of i kind of thought of that one on the fly i won't lie mm-hmm. but it it does apply Mm-hmm. The way you dress your scars, that is up to you. I mean, shit. I mean, if I if I use the actual like body and scars as an mm-hmm. example, when people get hurt, you know, if they get a cut on they like if I get a cut on my thumb, I'm gonna bleed. Mm-hmm. I see that as part of. I see that almost as okay. That was trauma. Inflicted. Yes, there you go. That, that was, was trauma, trauma inflicted. Uh-huh. The healing is all the tiny little cells in my in my little thumb that are working to create a little scab that's going to cover up where the open one was. That's the healing, that's the journey. healing part. And that's that, the that is the part that we cannot disrupt. We and have to do everything we can to but, continue but to guess let it what? heal. But guess what? A lot of the time when you got a scar, what do you do? You pick, you at, pick it. at it. We pick at it. We pick at it. We you don't. And, it. and, and that's the same thing that I think that we subconsciously do within our healing mm-hmm. because at least for me, I like I said, <clears throat> balancing that unhealed versus healed. I have healed from these areas, but there was a point in time where I was like, nah, I'm I'm really angry with myself for allowing myself to be subjected to this thing for three years or so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But I was talking about this with my therapist and I said I was really, really angry and she was like, Is it guilt? Is it shame? Like where where is that coming from? Yeah. And I said I think it's more so me being pissed with how did how did the person that I am now allow that to happen? You know what I mean? Like yeah. how how could that be? You know? And she was like, but the thing is, that's your unhealed self. The person that they met was your unhealed self. Yeah. So that's why that was able to happen because you're healed in that area. You're not gonna allow yourself to go through that again, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And that's where the giveness or I guess the when you give yourself grace, that's where that comes in. Because when we picking at it, we're not giving ourselves grace. We're mm-hmm. not giving us ourselves time to actually process and deal with it. We're just like, no, I don't want to feel it. I just want to, I just want to rip it off. Right. And that doesn't, that doesn't help. It actually makes it worse. Right. In a lot of ways, for sure. I think that's very interesting. The scales is actually my sign, like my, the. <laughs> so it's interesting that you said that. It's mm-hmm. really interesting that you said that. I mean, it just it it when you think of a scale, you think of balance. You do truly and, think of balance. And you think, okay, if, if one side has more on top of it, that side is obviously going to weigh down a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And the way that I've always seen scales is if one side has more stuff on it and mm-hmm. it goes down further, that just means that that side is that side should be the main focus. That part. That side should definitely be the main focus. If I have a lot more good <laughs> stuff going on in my life, uh-huh. if I 
pack all this good stuff on the good side of my scale mm-hmm. and I can see the good stuff starting to weigh down on my scale, I want to focus on that. I want to yeah. keep that. And I want to I maintain that for exactly. as long as I possibly can. How do you maintain your balance? Or how do you think you maintain your balance? Do you think, because a lot of the times, I know it's not one set thing. Like It could be like a routine. It could be like, I go here, we do, you know what I mean? So how does that work for you? I think having the conversation with little me, mm-hmm. with unhealed me, um, I'm, I'm, I'm realizing now that I'm doing a lot of the things that he wanted to do, but did not have the means to do. That and part. I know that, and I know that I don't want that to sound like materialistic. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, like I'm just out here searching for things, like material things, to like ease the it. pain yeah. of who I used to be. Mm-hmm. But little me wanted a lot of things, and kind of going back into the conversation about not feeling like you deserved good things because bad things always happen. Yeah, I, I, I lived in that bubble for so long that when it finally popped. Mm-hmm. I was like, now I get to really treat myself. And now I'm exactly. going to continue to do that. Yeah. Because that's part of the healing journey mm-hmm. is you have to give, you know, little you, unhealed you, whomever it, whomever, whomever it may be. Right now for me, it's it's little me. Little you. I have to give him, I feel like not necessarily give, but I have to heal him yeah. by, by feeling him in everything that I do. Yes. So... When I when I when I go on these road trips and when I go mm-hmm. to these concerts and I go to all these different museums and places and things that I didn't even know existed, <laughs> yeah, like little me jumps out, like the the inner child in me will jump out, yes, and he's like, wow, that was so much fun, and I'm like, yeah, it, it was, was. <laughs> it was, it was. And, and you know, I think that's so beautiful because I feel like in a roundabout way. Healing is all about coming back to who you were as a child. Yes. I really think it is. I can't yes. I can't drive that point home like far enough because seriously, for me, I have found that when I dance, I feel so much more at ease when I do some type of stretching mm-hmm. or some type of movement. And the funny thing is, little me used to do gymnastics, used <laughs> to do all types of flips. It makes and sense. Just, and just flipping like and it's funny because my um one of my little cousins when I went and saw my family recently, she was just up and about and flipping and doing handstands and, and doing all this stuff. And my mom looked at me and she was like, "That was you." And I said, "Nah, that wasn't me. I was more controlled." And I was, you know, and she was like, mm, "You think?" <laughs> she was like, "Listen, let me tell you, you would not sit still. You was bouncing off the walls." But that was you when you was in gymnastics. You always talked about flipping and always talked about doing these things. Yeah. Like, I actually have a little ritual that I do. In the fall, I love to watch Stick It, the movie, because mm-hmm. it's all about gymnastics. And I used to watch it with my mom. Yeah. And I used to try to do flips and stuff. Right. So it brings me back to my inner child. And you're right. That, that, there's no better feeling than doing what you couldn't do as a kid because someone said that someone decided right someone decided at some point like we can't do that like you don't deserve to do that yeah you don't get to do that and i think it's an interruption because i really feel like all the times that i experienced something that i didn't want to experience i was either smiling had a lot of joy you know laughing Mm -hmm. and it was interrupted in some capacity right and so that's where that frame of mind comes. Oh, I can't be happy. I can't, I have to be sad. I have to be depressed. I have to isolate myself because my joy is a disruption for these people. You right. Know? And that's where that also ties into it. When you take yourself out or take your little me and you decide, okay, I'm going to do this because I want to. Mm-hmm. Not because it's going to spite you or it's going to spite you, but because it's, doing something for me that I did not get to experience Mm -hmm. and it makes me feel good right yeah right and then too I also think that um as part of the healing journey for Mm -hmm. little you 
there, there's always like I like mentioning the release. There's always the release in it. Like that was so much fun. Like, what's, like <laughs> that's what's the best next? part. That's the best part. Like, what's, next? what's next? What are we doing next? What are we doing next? And we doing more? To, <laughs> right. And I get to I get to feel all the things he should have felt. That's beautiful. I feel everything. Like I, I I'm having I have a lot of empath moments as a recent. I've been having a lot of empath moments as of recently. Me too. Really getting in tune with unhealed me and, and little me. Give give you an example. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a nephew. He's six years old. Yeah. And last month at the beginning of August, we went to Columbus. Mm-hmm. And we in in Columbus in Eastern Mall. There's this place called Legoland. Yes. Um, as a child, I always loved Legos. I love the big fat ones though. I love the <laughs> big big brick Legos. I cannot tell you why, but my knowing brain you, was I know so, that you did. <laughs> my brain was so fascinated with them. I loved them, and mm-hmm. I think in between ages five and seven, I had a big brick Lego set, mm-hmm. and I used to just stack them bitches on top of each other, like in my bedroom, and and didn't no care in the world because it was just me. I was in my sanctuary, and that was what was fun to me. Somehow, some way, they got lost in the move, and I was sad about it for a very long time. So I remember going up there to Legoland, and I and I and I felt little me start to come out. Like I felt like I I can't explain it, but it's on. It's like when you say a shedding of skin, that's what it feels like. Yes, exactly. I'm. It feels like he's like like pushing himself to the forefront (laughs) of my face, like. Yeah, like, it can be like that. It like, can be like that. Like example, like ha, have you seen Moon Knight on Disney Plus? I still ain't finished it, but yes, I know what you mean. So I think I, I got what you're saying. Mark and Steven, <laughs> yeah, when they switch inside they of that body, in. that's what it's like for me. Okay, I feel you. And that's what it felt like as soon as I, like there was this part of Legoland where you can like take a bunch of Legos and you can like build like a little race car with mm-hmm. them. And I was doing that with my six-year-old nephew, uh-huh. having the time of my life. I was so lost and immersed into it that uh-huh. I forgot I was an adult. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, and I'm, and I, and I'm looking, and I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, like, while little me is at the forefront of my mind, I'm uh-huh. thinking to myself in the back of my mind, like, I'm really in here at my big grown age, with surrounded by all these parents and they churn, playing with Legos. <laughs> And, and sitting up here racing racing these little Lego race cars mm-hmm. with my six-year-old nephew. And I'm loving it. Exactly. Every bit of it. Exactly. So much so to the point where I felt little me get so excited that big me got so overwhelmed, I started to cry a little bit. Aww. Like legitimately, a couple of tears streamed down my face. I was like, damn, I wish I could have had this as a child. But I am so happy. That you can have it now. I am so happy that not only do I get to have it, but I get to watch other children have it too. Exactly. I get to watch other people, other parents and and stuff like that, be able to make memories like that with their kids because I did not get to have stuff like this. I definitely understand where you're coming from. I totally get it because I just had a moment where I had went to, um, for Labor Day weekend, I this is when, like I said, I've been dealing more so with my anxiety as little me. Yeah. And I've been very vocal about it now. Like before, I used to just kind of shut down. Right. And that used, that was happening as an adult. And even as a teen, I was just shutting down. Yeah. Because I too. didn't have, it's not that I didn't have the words. It's just that every time I said the words, it was almost like it was to the wrong crowd. It was almost like I wasn't. I just didn't feel hurt. I felt that. It feels like a language that you're speaking to someone who cannot translate it. Yes, exactly like that. So my mom and I have had the biggest healing experience over the past couple of years. And that was one of the big relationships that I always wanted to be closer with her. I always wanted to just confide in her more, you know, and I told you about that, but Mm -hmm. like, when we were there, when I was there for Labor Day weekend, I was like on edge before going. And I remember telling myself, why are you tripping? You didn't already heal with her. We didn't already had the heavy conversations. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing bad happening. The only thing you're nervous about is driving. And that's okay. We're gonna figure that shit out. Right. And I get there 
and I start to have more anxiety over my part in my family. Yeah. And that's when I started to realize I still got little me, unhealed me, that's holding on to this, oh, you're obnoxious, nobody likes you, da 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 from my own family. And mm. so I was slowly letting that go. I had my own little issues with, or like insecurities between me and my older cousin. I always felt like that dynamic with her and my mom was a was the way that I wanted it to be with me and my mom. Right. And I spoke with her about it and she was like, no, Janae, you, you, I don't know where you're getting that from, but I can see where it, it, like she understood, but she let me know, like she reassured me that's not the case. Right. I can see how you think that, but that's not the case. She, she lives here, you know, it's, it's different now, but mm -hmm. I always felt like I was compared to her growing up. Yeah. So when we was talking about like our career paths and things that we were doing, I kind of shut down again. And I was like, why the hell do I keep doing that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> then we had a heart to heart. And I realized I'm making this up in my head. Like this is not actually the reality of the situation. Yeah. So when my anxiety started to flare up, I finally was just like, look, I am not irritated with any of y'all. I'm irritated with my place in the family and how I am struggling with overthinking about my place in the family. Mm -hmm. And once I told my cousins that, once I told my mom that, it was like, click, what's wrong? Like, they were engaging and it was so overwhelming. And I was like, but I'm good. But it's also like, yo, why didn't this happen when I was a kid? <laughs> like, what? how did I not? I wish I could have experienced that as a child. But it made me realize that it's all boiling down to communication because I can shut down all day long mm -hmm. and I can go sit in a corner all day long and play with my dog. But if I don't actually say, Hey, I'm irritated because I don't feel like I'm being heard. Yeah. Then what are they supposed to do? Right. How, are, how is anyone supposed to help heal your inner child? Mm -hmm. If you don't say nothing, right? Like, and I understood where my mom was coming from with that, like me growing up and me shutting down and me basically going from, oh, my God, I'm so happy to, oh, I'm irritated now, irritated. And she said, why? <laughs> what happened? Where, where did we go? We was just happy. What happened? You know, so it it definitely mean, means a lot when we can take ourselves out of that frame of mind of like, this is negative and this is all it's going to be in. I'm not going to experience those good things in life. I'm not going to have that joy. I'm not going to attain that peace. Yeah. And we can fight back and say, no, nah, I'm going to maintain this. Right. I got peace right now. I'm going to just maintain this. Right, right. Whatever way we got to do it, we got to do it. That, and that's really it. That Michael Kors purse right there, <laughs> that was a gift. And I was, I was looking at my mom in the store and I was like, oh, I really want it. And I was trying to convince myself to get it. And she was like, I mean... Your birthday's coming up. And I was like, happy early birthday. She was like, there you go. And I was like, why ain't this? Why wasn't it this easy? But it really meant a lot to me to be able to do it. My, oh, excuse me. Do it myself. Yes. Because when my parents did it for me, it was more so like, at the time, I was being abused. So at the time, gifts and things like that were used to keep me quiet and used to, you know, make sure that like hush money hush money yeah. pretty much or used to make other people think nothing was wrong with the situation mm. so every time and this is the one thing that i hated i hate because they started reminiscing on childhood and everything obviously it's a family road trip right and they started saying man remember when we used to do this remember when we used to do this? i'm like yeah I, do. I also remember that part of it too yeah. <laughs> but y'all don't remember that part because y'all wouldn't there with that. And that's always the thing with abuse is people think that you just forgot it because, you know, something good might have overshadowed it. Yeah. It's like, babe, it's still very it's much still there. Very there. It's, it's still there. Still it's there. still very much happened. It's still there. Yeah. And I think the thing that, that I can, like, kind of think is ironic now is that my... Okay. So... Like we said, just because we did this good thing doesn't overshadow the bad stuff. And I remember thinking that this basically, I can think about it now and it's a little ironic because of the fact that one of my abusers actually, 
would tell my mom, if I had her life, I wouldn't complain about nothing. If I had this, I wouldn't be da 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 like, oh, Janae's a bad child type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, like, after I realized that that was a person that was one of my abusers, I remember thinking, like, how dare you think that when mm -hmm. you're the one that's causing me to, oh, okay, I see where you're coming from now. I see how you're playing this. And I remember thinking, like, that's how people outside of the situation thought, too. Right. Like, oh, Janae's spoiled. Yeah. Janae got money. Janae's mm -hmm. family got money. You know, and it's like, yeah. Janae's family don't got money. Janae's not, that's not what's happening. Yeah. The, the house is different than what right. you, like, and just because, again, everything is not what it seems. And that's mm -hmm. what I learned so much. Yes, agreed. That's what I learned so much over just last weekend and Labor Day weekend and learning all of that. I, I even said that to my cousin. I said, well, I mean, never mind. Everything ain't what it seems. So <laughs> I said that because I was like, that's exactly right. Because I could be having something going on, but that person don't know until I say something. Exactly. I may seem perfectly fine, but you don't know until I say something. That's right. And that's the same thing for everybody. Mm -hmm. And that balance comes into play when you speak up. Right. Also, because that's another way of maintaining that balance. Mm -hmm. It can be hard to do that, though, because a lot of that is having those hard conversations with little you and saying, like, look, what we experience is fucked up. We ain't going to experience it no more. And holding her or him wherever you are at in your healing journey so tight and saying, I have to now accept that this is something that occurred. But I don't have to hold on to it forever. Yeah. I have to let you, I have to let you come out mm -hmm. in whatever way that may be. For yeah. me, it's a lot of playfulness, a lot of yoga and flipping and, you know, mm -hmm. singing, dancing, things like that. Oh, for me, it's definitely singing. It's all the time. All the time. Singing, hitting high notes. I'm like, yes, I did that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> singing to myself. <laughs> if, if there was anything little me enjoyed above everything, it was I love I like to sing. Mm -hmm. I like to I like to just play with riffs and notes and mm -hmm. anything I would hear, like I would try to mimic that. Me too. Yeah, like it was easy. Dream like, that Girls was, was my all time favorite. I, I used to love that movie so much. What do you mean <laughs> used to? I mean, I'm not gonna say I don't love it anymore. <laughs> But I'm saying, like, figure, like in in a oh, sense of like when it was okay, out. Okay, got you, got you. I mean, I'm like, yeah, wait like, a second, I, love, I still yeah, love it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I ain't seen it in so long, so it's like, yeah. But yeah, that used to be the, that used to be the shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and sing, singing like anything, it was just like it didn't matter what it was. It was it was a it was a release and it was an escape. I was able to put myself in my own kind of universe. Mm -hmm. doing I think that's it. all it is when you when you grow up in survival mode or trauma traumatic chaos or whatever you want to call it i think it's all about escaping that reality mm -hmm. because for me books was my thing oh god the hyperlexia that i experienced as in between ages 10 11 and 12 hyperlexia, is that the word hyperlexia oh, is, wow. is is Tell is, me. is <laughs> hyperlexia is when you basically it, it has to deal with books but it's hyper focusing on a book so hard that you can like almost see everything in the book happening right that, in front of you. That was me. That you was telling me there was a word for this? Yeah. I didn't know that. I was just like, I get lost in books. I, I could be up there for hours and I, even know I was there. <laughs> I have been on ADHD and healing TikTok uh -huh. and they said that hyperlexia is a form of ADHD. I didn't realize that. Oh, shit. Yeah, they said that when you, like hyperlexia is a form of it and I, I really never knew that. I, like, I, legitimately, I was like, really reading a lot? Is a form of ADHD. But you know what? You know why? Because when you hyper-focus on something, that's what ADHD is. Yeah. Cause, but the thing is, I have like a love-hate relationship with ADHD diagnosis and things like that. Because I actually was misdiagnosed as a kid mm -hmm. with having ADHD when actually I had PTSD. Yeah. Because they show up similarly. But the problem is doctors don't ask enough questions. I agree. Truly. I agree. And so I was placed on all those medications that um, basically for kids with ADHD when I didn't have it. Right. And I was telling, I realized this as I was like telling one of my friends um, about it. I was like, 
So you're telling me, like, you really confirming right now that the way that I experienced it, you know, me not wanting to eat and all this other stuff that was going on, that's not what somebody with ADHD that has this medication is experiencing. She was like, no, <laughs> no, it's going to make you focus, but, like, it's not going to make you feel like a zombie. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, I was on it for 18 years, so, yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> It's kind of too late now. All right. But, yeah, I definitely would get lost in books. That would definitely be one of my outlets. I think that's why I fell so hard and madly in love with the power of spoken word. Because mm-hmm. when it was first introduced to me, I was like, oh, what's that? Oh, I can't wait to do that again. <laughs> and then I didn't even, I hadn't even spoken. It was me watching somebody else speak. And I was like oh, I want to listen to this all day long, and I didn't want to do nothing else. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, you like that? And I was like, um, yeah, sign me up. Do Let's do what we got to do. Right. I did, I'm so, one of the things that I really wish I could have done as a child was gone to a performing arts school. Same. Oh, my God, I would have I would have been tearing up the halls. I know it's not like high school musical, but I'm just saying, I would have been so in my element. <laughs> I would have been so in my element because uh-huh. you're around people that are like-minded. You don't feel like you stand out, and you can create together. Right. And I think that's a huge part of my healing, too, is that creativity piece is so important. Like this. This is part of it. Right. Truly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it, it's, it's, I think it's important to have outlets, yes. too. To I'm be able to... Balance, yeah. Yeah. To be able to kind of... Ha- ha- be able to immerse yourself into something, maybe. Because, like, going back to the hyperlexia thing, mm. um, have, if you've seen the movie Soul on Disney+, Plus, yes, with Jamie Foxx, you remember the part where he was in kind of, I don't remember what it was called. but The dark part? No, nah, not the not necessarily dark oh. part, but the part that looks like uh, Aurora Borealis, where the people, they would cut, when they would be, like, get so immersed into something, yeah, they yeah, would go they, into the zone. Yes, that's what I'm talking that's, about, the dark part of the movie. That's <laughs> what I think of. Okay. Whenever I think of having outlets, you should have outlets that do that to you, that put you in a good zone, mm-hmm. and and but not necessarily like the part where you get so immersed into it that and it, it becomes a, consumes it, it consumes you. you. Yeah, because that happened, yeah. and I thought I'd be thinking about that too when it comes to, you know, especially when it comes to our social media mm-hmm. and everything like that. I think it's so easy to get caught up in thinking that, you know, something that I keep seeing on my Instagram is doom scrolling. Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. So, I actually do it. I didn't know I was doing it. But oh, this is an action? Yes, this is an action. Oh, gosh. Doom scrolling is basically when you're just scrolling to pass the time and you're not really... And we all do it. That's the thing. You, When I tell you that it's just doom scrolling, you just scrolling to, because just to scroll, you're not even really looking at people's stuff. You're not liking nothing. You're just scrolling just to look at stuff. Mm-hmm. That's called doom scrolling. Okay. Because you're not really... You're not really engaging in the social media aspect or in the social component of it. Right. You're just doom scrolling. You're just looking at negative comments. You're looking at the commentary. You're looking at the black Twitter memes and stuff like yeah. that. And I just, I went down a doom scroll, but it was a funny doom scroll. But, you know, I think that's something that's interesting because, you know, a lot of people are addicted to social media. That's a f- that's fact. Like a lot of people, the first thing that they'll grab is their phone to check their social media in the morning. And I, I try not to do that, but it's also somewhat hard because my alarm wakes me up. Then it's you know it's automatically my phone. So, but I get why doom scrolling is a thing though. Yeah. I definitely do because yeah. it's mindlessly scrolling. You're not really. I watched this documentary about outlets within the social dilemma it's actually called the social dilemma on netflix i've heard of it it was really good i'm gonna watch it there was this scene that took me by surprise because this little (laughs) this little girl her so they had like a a fake family you know how they always have those scenes where they try to make it similar to well they kind of like reenact what they're talking about Yeah. yeah so basically they had this family that was eating dinner the mom got real mad and tired of everybody just being on their phones while they eating dinner even the husband was on his phone not even doing nothing just scrolling not even talking to the wife just she was like well how was y'all say? and they just and they just yeah scroll, just scrolling scroll, scroll, not listening to her texting yeah. so she got mad 
and she saw this ad that had like it was like a lockbox and you can put stuff in it and you can set a timer for it and the, the timer goes off it'll, it'll you know unlock the it'll box unlock so you the box whatever you want yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she was like i'm gonna buy that for my family so she buys it for her family she takes all their phones at dinner puts it in this lockbox sets the timer for like not even five minutes and the daughter starts fidgeting she starts tweaking she's like like because the thing the thing that she forgot to do was turn off the notifications mm. like nobody got to turn off the notifications so all the notifications is going off and people like gotta check it gotta, gotta check, check it gotta, gotta check, check it gotta check it and the little girl is probably like she couldn't have been what in middle but in middle school basically she gets up from the dinner table and her mom is like leave that alone leave that alone you'll get it in, in like five minutes you're fine like come and eat yeah like she, she come back to the table she goes try to sit there and eat she's fidgeting they get up she get up again she go back to the um, counter the thing is still dinging at this point she's getting really upset she mm -hmm. takes a hammer <laughs> bust open she literally, literally said forget everybody else's phone I want my phone bust open the box and mind you they're all just having a nice little dinner talking yeah. and conversing like they're finally doing what you're supposed to do at dinner yeah and this girl busts open the box and breaks her brother's phone in the process and doesn't care. Yikes. She like smashes the screen to get her phone, runs up the stairs, and the mom was like, oh my God, we need to do something. And the whole documentary is all about how social media is used to control us on some level. Mm -hmm. Like that little notification that we get where, oh, they posted something, oh, they liked something. It may not even be real. Like, right. that's what they were saying. They were saying that a lot of the times it's an algorithm. We all know that. Right. But the scary part about it is that it, it can be like, a, oh, that person left you on red type of thing to incite that fear. Like, oh, they haven't checked their phone in like 15 minutes. I'm going to make them check their phone. Yeah. And that's where yeah. we got to balance the use of social media, too, especially with healing. Yes. Because there's so so much wrong information out there about healing as far as what works best you know everybody's trying to say what works best and mm. you don't really know unless it's for you right everybody's like like every, different everything don't apply everything just does not apply so that's why I say balance is so important because you figure out what applies to you and what doesn't right what I can fuel with myself or what I can you know glean from this and take what resonates with you and not what resonates with everybody else just because you're like oh that applies to me because I want it to apply to me when it actually doesn't right that's the hard part of balancing I think mm -hmm. how do you how do you feel that social media plays a role in that in that balance um I mean I, I do think that it can be dangerous mm -hmm. um but I also do see the beauty in it. I see it too. I see the beauty in I it. I see the dangerous side and the beauty. Because in 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 the danger, mm -hmm. people have found a way to maximize it and turn it into something beautiful. That is true. Which is why, like, when I say like I'm on different sides of the internet that mm -hmm. have to do with. Um, you know, mental illness and, and how to heal from it, how to yeah. process it. Because a lot of the things that I see, like that's why they call it a for you page. It's literally <laughs> it's for, for you. you. And the things that I'm seeing literally are for me. And they be I'm, scaring me sometimes. I know. I be like, excuse me? I'm like, bro, why did you call me out like that? And we're all living the same life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, we literally like, all live the same life. All of these things that I didn't see on mine, I'm like, didn't I just talk about that at some point? Wasn't I life? just thinking Wasn't about I just that? Thinking about, why I just, do you know? Right. Why do y'all know me better than me? <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. In that, I, 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 I see the, the, the negative and the positive, yeah. the danger, and the, the yin and yang of it, of it all. Yes, yeah. the literal yin and yang. <laughs> yes. You gotta, you gotta be able to, just kind of, filter, filter things out, filter things out, because. I think Social media is wild. Who? You telling me. I think we got... So just to like keep us all on track of what we're talking about with the balance. Mm -hmm. We talked about 
release, having outlets, and filtering out within the social media realm. What was the other topic that you, it was the first thing. It was literally the first thing. Scales. Scales, yes. How did I forget? (laughs) That's supposed to be my sign. It is, yeah. (laughs) Scales. Scales. Balances. I think as a Libra, I've always wanted balance, but I think now in my I'm at a place in my life where I can actually say, Okay, I have balance. Like mm-hmm. in in a sense for me, like I think one of my biggest things was always getting overly emotional about things. Yes. And taking everything so personal mm-hmm. as an empath and feeling like, Oh, they did that to me and I need to react on it all the time. One of the big things for me that has allowed me to have balance and maintain my peace is basically the art of detachment and understanding like I don't have to react on every feeling that I have. Right. Because it's always it's not always necessarily good. Right. Cuz that's not beneficial to me for me to be having an anxiety attack and then taking it out on somebody else unintentionally yeah. and then I have to do the apology tour of hey look I was having a bad day. Mm-hmm. And you can't always take that stuff back. Exactly. You really can't. Exactly. I agree. Um, <laughs> no, no, like that. That was, you need that, to was sit on that, one. that was real. <laughs> that was real. That one you need to. That was need real. To. And it's real because, and it's so real because I relate to it so much. Really? Like, as a Pisces, mm-hmm. like Pisces are known for just how. Ooh. Absolutely big, huge crybabies we are. Like, don't mm. ever let a Pisces tell you they don't feel their feelings oh, because we do and we feel them hard. Oh, I know. Trust me. It's, I know. It, is, it is disgusting how hard we feel them. Mm-hmm. And that might not apply to every Pisces, but every Pisces I've ever met, it's applied. <laughs> it the has Pisces applied. That, the Pisces that I have met, yes. They feel very hard. Yes. And it's and the thing is, I think they try to, um, or at least the Pisces that I have interacted with, they try to act like they're not feeling as much as they are. Like yep. that, that nonchalantness. Yep. But the thing is, in the next two seconds, it's like, so you, so you just not gonna respond? Like you. <laughs> yeah. So, so you just not gonna respond to my nonchalantness because right. I'm really just trying to get you to answer me. I'm really just trying to get your attention. Like that's <laughs> yes. what we do. That's what we do. We so ooh, ooh, we so petty like that. We mm. so. I don't even know. I don't need, like, I'm going to find the word. Attention seeking, maybe? We kind of are. We just are. (laughs) But it's not, and it's not necessarily a bad thing because I think, me, myself being a Libra, I think there was a time where I sought attention, especially if I didn't feel heard. Yeah. But that's a difference. But I think I can recall there was a time when, like I said, my biggest thing was. I constantly was texting people because I was looking for a connection. Yeah. At a time when I didn't have anyone to connect with around me, I felt isolated, you know, those type of things, especially growing up. I still do that. Yeah. But I've had to, like, refrain from blowing people's phones up because I used to do that. Or at least in my opinion, I used to do that. Yeah. And then it was drawn to my attention when I was in high school that, like, you texting this person too much like chill out like you 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 crazy you, you know what i mean and it's like damn i don't want to come off like that so like if i double text i'm always like was that okay you know what nah it's okay it's i right. i have to like tell myself that it's okay because of that condition you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that's another form of getting maintaining the peace that i already have because when you've already been in, like i said like we said at the beginning when you've had that condition of you're going to keep getting snakes and you're going to keep having things, bad things happen, it's easy for you to also put yourself in that predicament and say, this is because I'm doing this, this is going to be bad. Right. So, and that's where we got to shed that. Yeah, I truly. agree. Truly. I agree. I agree. That's exactly right. Because I think it's, it's challenging, at least for me, 
when I think about it like that, and I feel like I used to feel like I felt too much, I cared too much. Yes, I agree. And I used to feel like I'm texting way too much, man. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sending you a whole paragraph, and you just said, "Okay, okay, I won't do that again." <laughs> like, yeah. like, okay, and I feel like that doesn't apply to everyone, but for those of y'all who have done that y'all y'all know where i'm coming from y'all know exactly where i'm coming from that don't feel good it doesn't really. for you to give your feelings and then basically get less of a response yeah like i if i pour my heart out mm-hmm. why just why not why not even give the time of day to at least try to hear me out exactly but then also too <laughs> when, when 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 you are a big feeler like yeah. when you when you feel a lot yeah. T- typically, you get shut down. That's true. Which will put you in shutdown mode, and that's that's even worse. That's even Talk worse. Talk about it. Let's get uncomfortable. Talk about it. That's way worse. Um, I guess I could say, like, growing up in a very, very much, uh, very kind of heteronormative household. Mm-hmm. Um, being the only boy in a heteronormative household, I I was not allowed to feel things. I couldn't feel things. Mm. I, I I went through moments where I was legitimately kind of like sad for mm-hmm. myself over a lot of the things that I, I was doing at that time or used to do. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like I was able to express that sadness. And... I only bring this up because it kind of applies, but I remember one time I was told that I needed to get over it, quote unquote, get over it because nobody was going to feel sorry for me. And that that never left my brain. That never left my brain either. Yeah. My mom actually was the one who said that to me quite a bit. Yeah. It just. A lot. Yeah. And stuff like that sticks. It does. And that's why I said you can subconsciously, unconsciously, like, internalize it and lose yourself in the process Mm -hmm. and that's honestly what healing is all about finding yourself again and coming back to that playfulness coming back to those releases and those things that make you you right because it's all about a disruption that someone decided oh i'm gonna say this and a lot of times Maybe they didn't actually mean to do it intentionally, you know? Mm-hmm. Because we can't say, oh, that person said that and that's that's that. Because I've also learned that, too. Yeah. You can't just be like, well, one shoe fits all. Because that's not the case. Okay. They could have been going through their own thing, too. But yeah. that doesn't make it okay for what they said. It's just the reality is we all experience life in different ways. Right. So if we're all trying to attain balance in some way, then maybe they're feeling the way that they're feeling. And you're feeling the way that you're feeling. Not saying that it negates it. Right. Not saying that at all. Right. But right. that is the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. And you then choose to dress your wound how you want to dress your wound. That's right. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Scars to your beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Scars to your is beautiful. Is that a song? It, yeah. Who would that be Beyonce? No, Who baby. Is- Scars to your beautiful. Oh, is that a... Uh, That's Alessia Cara. That's it. I, was, I didn't want to say her name wrong. I didn't want to say her name wrong. But yes. Yeah. I love that song, actually. How did I say Beyonce? That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, Alessia Cara makes a lot of good music like that. She does. Yeah. You know who else makes good music like that? Kiana Lede? 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 Kiana Lede, Lede, I believe Lede. her name. Yeah. Lede. Yeah. yeah. She makes some good music. I'm going to get into it. You don't know her? I know of her, but I haven't gotten into oh, it. So listen. I gotta get into it, yeah. You gotta listen to. It's a song that talks. Of, basically, it talks about like it's just one of those days. Like she's gonna be okay, but then she'll get through it. It's just one of those days. Just let her feel what she needs to feel, basically. Yeah. I feel like that's that sums up what healing is in its entirety. You have to feel whatever it is that you need to feel, mm-hmm. and that's a part of keeping balance too. Mm-hmm. I I I I realized that mm-hmm. when I at, during my trip to Legoland, believe it or not, yeah. is when I realized I I have to allow myself to start really feeling because 
even throughout my healing journey, mm-hmm. when I after I had that moment, I kind of realized I wasn't really allowing myself to feel. I wasn't really allowing myself to feel, or not even, I wasn't allowing myself to feel, but I wasn't allowing myself to feel every bit of the feelings I was feeling. I was only allowing myself, I'd be like, okay, Antoine, that was enough. We're good. We we, we felt it now. We're good. Let, let's stop there. That That's enough. How the heck do I know exactly what you're talking about? Yeah, like, I never allowed myself to feel it either. Like, the big reason why I even started this whole process and this whole part two of like my healing journey was because I realized like I have a lot of emotions I have a big heart but a lot of the times I was like okay we cried over it for a little bit like with the passing of my aunt I didn't allow myself to cry I didn't allow myself to mourn her because I was so busy like I still think of her with her big smile but I did not allow myself to mourn her not even at her funeral for real because I was like no can't I can't I can't do it yet I can't I'm not ready and then I finally was just like you know what I don't think I was comfortable enough with myself to actually allow myself to feel Mm -hmm. the connection that I felt with her yeah and that happens especially when we live in a world where we're told that our feelings are too big all the time reminded that or too big for other people that part if it's too big for other people that's another internalization. Dang. Dang. Because mm-hmm. uh, more often than not, it's always somebody, oh, you, you you're doing feeling, too much. You're doing too much. You're feeling, you, 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 you got to stop Calm feeling down. like that. Calm down. <laughs> like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, baby, but it is. To me, it is for me. And I should, I deserve to feel, to feel, how, feel. how I feel in this moment because it is a big deal to me. Exactly. Like I hate when people be like, "No, you you're making a big deal out of nothing." No, baby. You're making nothing out of my big deal. Oh, say that again. Say it again. <laughs> I hate when people are always they come to you and they say you're making a big deal out of nothing mm-hmm. when in reality it is you who is making nothing out of, of my big deal. That is exactly This right. is a big deal to me. This exactly. is this is the overload of emotion that I have that my body is processing. That is what is a big deal the big to me. deal to me this is what is in my core at this moment yeah it might not it is not going to be the center of my core but it is in the core of me right now of this moment and i need you to at least acknowledge that if you cool with me if we if we friends yeah. if you know yeah yeah i definitely get that yeah. 100% yeah i'm i'm having to remind myself also that even with my friends like i have to allow my friends to feel the things that they're feeling Cause some and, and and oftentimes it might irritate me. It might I might get overwhelmed with you know listening to them mm-hmm. you know sp- speak what feels mindlessly about the same old thing. Mm-hmm. But I have to allow them to feel that because that's what's in the center of their core at, at that, that moment. moment. Yeah. And I ha- and they sh- they deserve to be able to feel these things. They deserve to be able to mm-hmm. outlet those feelings. Yeah. And that and that is important. That's important for for everybody. Exactly. Like feelings don't go away. They no. don't go away. Everybody feels feelings. Everybody has them. That's be, what makes us human. Yeah. And I live so long as a robot. <laughs> I live so long as a robot because Man. I was like it I think when you have a lot of emotions and a lot of thoughts about things and especially when you have those intrusive thoughts it becomes a lot it becomes really heavy it becomes like a pressure and it's a lot easier for you to just be like okay i'm gonna feel this much and i'm gonna leave the rest for later yeah but that later never comes because it's so easy to just be like i'm gonna just i'm gonna just leave the rest for later mm-hmm. until it comes at a time when you're not expecting it and it shows up in different ways mm-hmm. i think i want the last thing that we say for this episode about balance is that if you're going to encounter or embark on your own healing journey, allow yourself to feel whatever it is that you need to feel in that moment without judgment. Yes. Because a big thing about balance is there is no judgment when it comes to balancing 
whatever it is that you're needing to balance. Whether you're balancing your past self with your present self, whether you're balancing your current self with your future self, that who you're becoming. You have to be able to exist in the now and literally say, okay, this is how I'm feeling and this is okay. It doesn't have to be, a, well, this is bad for me to feel this way because I felt that way before and that's me to doing the same thing that I did before and I'm being unhealed and I'm, it doesn't have to be that. Yeah. It could simply be, I'm in this present time right now and I'm gonna feel this because I feel this. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't necessarily have to be you spiraling. It doesn't have to be bad or good without judgment completely no shame no judgment no feelings of embarrassment just just be just feel mm -hmm. because balance is hard enough when you're judging and you feel like other people are judging you especially if you're trying to maintain peace from having other people have judged you in that's the past. right that's right because that's always gonna be in your mind that's those right. internalizations that we have brought up mm -hmm. I don't think y'all count on, but it's always going to be there. But you got to find a way to work around it and maintain your peace for now. That's right. That's right. Y'all, this has been un... Let's... Oh, I'm about to say the wrong thing. Let's get uncomfortable with Queen J and my bestie Antoine. Yes. This was uh, the wrap on episode 13. And you know what? It is September 13th. It is, isn't it? <laughs> oh yes, my God. it is.